This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Care rationing is something that we've heard of going on in Italy as that country has had to decide which people receive more care than others. In some instances, older people were bypassed in favor of treating younger individuals. But the issue of rationing is being brought up here in the U.S. now because of the concerns around supplies being low at several hospitals and that the national stockpile is running low. But could AI play a role in mitigating some of these issues? Greg Shea is an adjunct professor of management here at the Wharton School, also a senior uh, fellow at the Leonard Davis Institute for Health Economics here at the University of Pennsylvania. Greg, great to have you with us today. Thank you, sir. Good to uh, be on your show again. I trust you and yours are well. Uh, I'm hanging in. Hopefully you guys are doing well as well. And we're probably both mourning the long delay of the baseball season, minor and major league, right? We we are. Absolutely, Greg. We are. Hot dog and a beer would be great at this point. It would, uh, it would be a sim- symbolic of so many things being better. Absolutely. All right, so let's dig into this. Obviously, AI has been discussed so much in terms of so many different areas uh, of our lives right now. But take us into the medical side of this and, and the role that it could be playing here surrounding the coronavirus. Okay, uh, disclaimer is that uh, uh, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert uh, in medicine. I've had, um, I spent a lot of time with provider networks and uh, work closely with uh, a physician in putting this together, um, um, uh, Dr. Ladansky from uh, Penn and also from my, my uh, book co-author, Cassie Solomon. That said, I think I can add something uh, by way of answering your, your question. So I think the big issue here, the issue we try to portray in, in the article, uh, is that much of the conversation about, uh, <clears throat> and it's, we're, we're kind of just approaching the subject, which is hard enough in and of itself, is how do you ration care? Uh, when you simply don't have enough stuff. Uh, And that stuff can be anywhere from uh, ICU beds uh, to ventilators or all the way back out to uh, hospital beds. All that, you know, it's in the news in different forms. So the medical problem, uh, in its simplest and coldest fashion, which is not the only way to look at this, I want to come back to that, um, the, the medical problem is a supply and demand problem, right? Uh, and we're, you, you can see the conversation is starting out of New York yeah. about the reality of we just don't have enough stuff. And that's not just we don't have enough stuff. It means people, whether we admit them to a hospital, whether we admit them to an ICU, and whether we put them uh, onto a ventilator is constrained by our capacity to do each of those things. Right, so that's the that's the uh, that's the supply and demand medical problem. Right. So the the second stage of this thing is if you're in the position, like particularly a physician in an ER, uh, so an emergency room, somebody's coming in, or in an ICU, <clears throat> so an intensive care unit, which is where someone is most likely to be if they're placed on some type of assisted breathing, especially. Um, a ventilator, um, if you're faced with supply and demand issues, now you're down to deciding uh, who actually gets the care, who gets sent to the ICU, if I'm in the emergency room, and in the ICU, who gets, who gets which 
of these limited supplies. And the problem from a medical standpoint, um, then, is to make the choice in as informed a fashion as you possibly can regarding the fact that I'm going to have to make a triage decision not unlike when one faces in battlefield conditions, if a, a, a unit has faced a, a terrible day, to make some choices about where you're going to allocate the limited medical resources. It's not unlike that. In fact, that language is getting used. Um, so much the attention as we kind of tiptoe into this uh, subject, because it's who wants to talk about this? Sure. Um, but. But then the problem in much of the conversation has been, uh, well, we need guidelines or we need triage committees. Well, there are a couple issues I'd like to add to that. That's good. We should be doing that. We should be having the ethical conversation. But a couple things. One would be um, <clears throat> that a lot of these decisions, unlike, and we portray this in the article in Knowledge of Wharton, you know, Chris, who is the, the, phys- the ICU physician, says, I may take plus or minus a person a week off uh, of a uh, off of care and we, we move into we remove their sustaining care now that that's in general right. it takes it takes a, a week or more of conversation collaboration talking with the family trying to factor in their values uh, that's not under a supply and demand but, a, but Greg, AI would, to a degree, take a little bit of that, that human quotient out of there, correct? Ideally, what it would do uh, is uh, provide more up-to-date, real-time uh, information in the light of both the supply and demand problem, but also in light of we are getting data. Now, one can have, raise questions about what the data is from China. Yeah. But we're on the edge uh, of having good data from the VA, which does a good job collecting this stuff, or from uh, Britain, which has uh, historically had very good data. And you can turn loose the AI machines. We talk about the ethics. I can at least be making the ethical choice informed by having used the best kinds of data mining that we can possibly do to help inform the 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 physician's uh, physician's choice. So but that would be, yes. Greg, that would also be a, a significant shift in the mindset of, of healthcare in general, wouldn't wouldn't it? Being factoring in the 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 AI component more so, even more so than it has been in terms of these decisions of what to do and what not to do. Well, uh, there are um, in in select areas uh, the issue of using AI like. Uh, Data mining um, is th- that's not new. The, the, okay. the what the physician on the line wants is the physician, as they get increasingly exhausted by this, right? Uh, is they they want to know that what they're basing the medical piece of this on is as real as possible, but it's clear to their choice, right? Right. right? So we don't have the time here to do the studies, which I'm sure we'll be doing for years after this. To lead, to lead to those good, you know, to those highly researched decisions. But AI could help close the gap between uh, how much we can pick up case by case or um, uh, entity by entity, by that I mean hospital by hospital or health system by health system, as opposed to mining large databases that might come out of, for example, UK or the, v, the Veterans Administration. Sure. Greg, I have to end it there. Thank you very much for coming on and uh, giving us your time today. Thank you, sir. Be well. 
Thank you. Greg Shea, adjunct professor of management here at the Wharton School. That article, by the way, that he referred to, you can go to the Knowledge at Wharton website. Check it out, knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. It is titled Triage in a Pandemic. It is up on their website right now for you to take a look at. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.